0: Hello and welcome to the Australian Business Forum podcast. I'm here joined by Michael Folk, who's the Chief Economist of IP Australia. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. No
0: problem at all. So I just want to dive right in um, to what is the role of IP Australia. It's obviously a government organization. Can you tell me a little bit more about it?
1: Sure. So IP Australia administers and grants uh, registered intellectual property rights. So we're here we're talking patents, trademarks, design rights, plant breeders' rights. Uh, we do that to support businesses and innovators to ensure that they can capture returns from investment in innovation. Uh, we are helping to, all well, Australians, to benefit from our ideas.
0: Mm. And speaking a little bit about innovation, you're obviously an economist. How does innovation correlate to um, IP, it, you know, okay. intellectual property?
1: If you think about what matters to businesses, how they compete is is crucially important, and the fundament of that is the resources that they have. And increasingly, businesses derive value and competitive advantage from developing uh, intangible assets like data, software, brands, designs, and new technologies. The problem is that once those intangible assets are created, it can be very hard to exclude others from copying them, using them. Uh, and that's gonna erode the, the, your ability to build competitive advantage on the basis of those assets. So what intellectual property rights do are provide uh, a legal right to exclude others from copying, using uh, those, the, those the assets that you've protected in the marketplace. And that means that you can commercialize, those assets, you can uh, license them, sell them, uh, if, if that's how you wanna uh, bring ideas to the market and obtain a return on investment in, in innovation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Now let's talk a little bit more about um, IP strategy. So oh. if you're a business, uh, what should your IP strategy be? What's the kind of time frame? Um, who should really come up with this in the business? Just tell me more about IP strategy.
1: Okay, sure. So we can think about this in two ways. One is, what is the strategy that you have for identifying and protecting the intellectual property that is sort of most valuable to your business? And a common way that businesses go about, sophisticated businesses go about this is to conduct IP audits where they systematically work through and identify what are the intangible assets that that are their strongest sources of value? What needs to be protected? Because in some cases, there's more benefit to be made from um, openly sharing intellectual property. Uh, For example, in the case of Tesla, um, they had a clear strategy. And at one point, Elon Musk made, made a public announcement that even though they'd protected some of the core technologies, their core technologies using patents, they weren't going to actively enforce those patents because Obviously, in the case of this company, uh, establishing the standards in the industry, encouraging others to build out charging infrastructure and and, and other technology in a way that reinforced the value of, of their technology was important. Of
0: course, and you know, Tesla probably wanted some competition because they were kind of first off the block as well. So encouraging other electric car um, manufacturers to come out, even if they are using the same technology, um, would in fact then generate a a bigger market for them in general to move away from the petrol market.
1: Right, exactly. But of course, they did own the intellectual property rights, so there's a point when, as the industry develops...
0: Right, um, they'll take back some some of those uh, leniencies, right? Possibly. Oh, very interesting. We never know what Elon is really up to, do we? (laughs)
1: No, he works in mysterious ways. Yeah, very <laughs>
0: mysterious. So what are some of your favorite intellectual property stories coming out of your time at IP Australia? What are some, mm-hmm. some funny stories, some success stories, um, some common misconceptions maybe that uh, businesses have about IP? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think one of my favorite intellectual property story stories around intellectual property is uh, the case of Robert Kearns, who uh, was the inventor of the intermittent... Windscreen wiper, mm.
0: the um, one me and you know,
1: the one that's on all of our cars. Okay. Yes. Right. So um, he was a he was an individual private inventor who invented this technology because one night he was driving down the road and he had very very bad vision because on, on his wedding night he damaged it through uh, the impact of cork,
0: uh, uh, like a champagne cork, champagne cork right into the eye. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What a pop off for the wedding! <laughs> right, 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 maybe a Daphne on the wedding. Yeah, yeah. and so the, the uh, constant movement of the blades was irritating him. Mm-hmm. So he he realized that he could invent a a windscreen wiper that sort of mimicked the 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 intermittency of of the human the eye when it blinks. Oh, right. And Is that so, why we don't find it disturbing?
0: That's why we don't find oh. it disturbing.
1: Right? And so he went to uh, the, the major motor companies like Ford and Chrysler and showed them. Look, I've got this invention. And they said, oh, you know, "We're not interested," oh. and, and subsequently went and implemented that invention <gasps> in the, No, in
0: so they just stole it because he didn't have a, he didn't have any uh, like a trademark, or he didn't, he didn't have a patent for it.
1: Well, in this case, he did have a patent for it, and right?
0: they stole it anyway.
1: And they stole it anyway, <gasps> and it went to court, and it was actually long, a long series of of, court, of litigation mm-hmm. uh, with multiple different auto auto market makers. But he eventually was able to capture some of, the, some, some of the returns to
0: image. Hopefully not on his deathbed.
1: No. no <laughs> yeah, it was before no, that? Before that.
0: So can you give me an example of a homegrown IP success story? I know you were talking about Katy Perry before. Katy Perry, I know personally just as the pop singer, but you said that there was um, a dispute within a fashion label here in Australia with the same name.
1: Right. So yeah, there was an Australian designer uh, by the name Katy Taylor, who was marketing under designs under the name Katy Perry Um, and she was um, Katy Perry the the big um, international uh, music artist uh, decided that she she would like to market designs in Australia Uh, send a a cease and desist notice to Katy Taylor uh, who was then able to actually because she had a trademark on on the name Katy Perry she was subsequently able to enforce that right and and keep in this case keep trading under, under the Katy Perry name so this is an example of where you have, um, you know, a, a, um, a small player or a, you know, a relatively small player relative to a, a big international... Everyone's yeah, like
0: kind of small, relative to Katy Perry, aren't we? Right,
1: she, what's, what's bigger than <laughs> right. um, And so, the, you know, the legal protection was really important to her, being able to maintain and preserve the goodwill that she accrued under that name mm-hmm. um, and, and, and keep track of.
0: So can you tell me a little bit more about intellectual property and how it relates to startups or entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, sure. So first thing is that um, intellectual property rights play a particular role for startups. Um, And that is that intellectual property rights can play a really important role in attracting investment early early in startup's life. Um, So there's, there's evidence that for uh, startups seeking, for for example, venture capital finance.
0: Which they all are, let's be honest. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So obtaining a patent or or doubling a company's patent stock in that situation, a a startup doubling its patent stock can boost its startup valuation by around 20%. 20%?
0: Yeah.
1: And obtaining a trademark can have a similarly significant impact on a firm's startup valuation. In this situation, this is especially early in in a company's early in, in financing, in, in early financing rounds, um, In these situations, having uh, a registered intellectual property can signals that a company is well-managed to capture returns from innovation. And also, in the case of trademarks, that it's serious about carving out a market niche in a local customer base.
0: I have a question for you. Thinking about um, small business owners um, who are using perhaps other people's technology, which is patented, like Canva. Yeah. And Canva has some really great technology. It's an Australian-based startup, which is now a global phenomenon. And it has, it's a graphic design company. And it's really great for small businesses, medium-sized businesses to produce affordable graphic design um, without necessarily having a graphic designer um, in-house. And the templates are great. And to my understanding, a lot of it is all um, patented, um, most of the technology there. Um, But if you were to then create, um, say, a logo on Canva using their templates or you're creating some graphic design material, um, which then it becomes part of your branding, can you then protect that and apply for intellectual property rights for that, even though the basis of it was used on Canva?
1: Yeah, I mean, so uh, Canva is, is a great Australian success story have grown from a small company in Perth to Australia's most valuable private company. Um, and they have long, long for long, been a sophisticated user of um, intellectual property rights, including design rights, which protect um, the visual form of products and increasingly more recently, um, patents on some of their um, design tools. You know, they're well protected to ensure that they're capturing value from the innovations they bring to market, um, but at the same time, the tools that they are developing are there to enable others to, you know, to innovate. So if you're using their tools to develop, for example, new designs, new trademarks, that the intellectual property that you're producing may well be protectable for you, but it's gonna depend on what are the inputs to that. If, if you're relying on other people, you know, on data or other people's intellectual property, right, other, other intellectual property to generate designs, then, then you're gonna to need to seek their permission. But you know, to the extent it's an original creation or uh, a new and distinctive design, you should be able to seek it uh, for intellectual property protection.
0: Okay Michael, so that kind of raises the question or perhaps the concern that business owners might have, that IP is just really complex, and they might not understand it fully, but um, obviously you don't have to be a patent lawyer or a copyright lawyer to really understand intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Um, are there resources online or um, what advice can you give to business owners trying to understand IP better?
1: We've been making tools available for small business to go through the process of checking, for example, whether their trademark is distinctive enough from existing protected trademarks to seek uh, formal protection. Those tool, That tool, TM Checkup, uh, is available uh, on our website. We'd advise small businesses that they should consult attorneys, uh, patent, patent trademark attorneys, uh, to seek expert advice uh, because the costs of seeking that advice in the first instance is often not, not as high as you would expect, and some attorneys will, will, will do, do the, the initial uh, consultation. From, from
0: oh, that's fantastic to hear! I know everyone's always trying to save money, especially with lawyers involved. <laughs> well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us here today, and it's been great and a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. podcast is intended to provide general information regarding intellectual property and does not constitute legal or professional advice. It is not intended to take the place of legal or professional advice and should not be relied upon as such. Small business owners and entrepreneurs, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're looking for more information on the latest business trends, market insights and opportunities, be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter at smallbusinessconnections.com.au. And if you're serious about growing your business, don't miss Australia's largest national small business event, ComBank Small Biz Week, happening at the Melbourne Expo and Convention Centre from the 28th to 30th of May, 2024. Register for a free ticket today at smallbizweek.com.au.